What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Malkin Pierce, such a rad dude, incredible father, taking his son on such cool adventures in their off-road beast. And Malkin is an amazing artist entertaining all of your kiddos when they watch Disney movies. My friends, before we jump into the show, I have some amazing news. I've created a children's book, The Adventure of Fatherhood, which really goes perfectly with the conversation today. Now, this book is going to help fathers see how important and fulfilling their role is and connect them with their kiddos. But I need your help to bring it to life. I have it on Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding website through Father's Day 2022. You can go and pledge $20, which will help create the book, and then you will get a copy once it is printed. And we have some other rewards and goodies depending on how you want to make a pledge. You can go to my Instagram, my Facebook for Ned Shout or rebelandcreate.com or our new website, adventureoffatherhood.com to learn more. And all those will link you to the Kickstarter. Thanks so much and enjoy meeting my friend, Malkin. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. Stoked to be meeting a new friend and talking fatherhood. I'd like to welcome Malkin Pierce to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I always love talking fatherhood, and uh, I know we'll connect on a few levels. I've been excited to talk to you now. Billy Westbrook had said, you got to talk to this guy about fatherhood. Why do you think that he would bring you up when asked uh, for a cool, fun, great dad to connect with? Why would he bring you up? Well, <laughs> you know, that's, I don't know. I think, you know, I think um, like for me, whenever I see somebody that has sort of a fatherhood minded, you know, I don't know what, thing that they're interested in, whether yeah. it be, you know, there's like a, a couple different camp pages that are kind of more tailored to, you know, father, fatherhood and that relationship. And, and I, I think, you know, there's probably something there that seemed really relevant. Um, I know I always tend to follow a lot of those groups because I, I don't know, I think uh, fathers are maybe uh, represented, you know, not always in the best light, <laughs> you know, yeah. you yeah, get a yeah. lot of like dad life stuff where it's like, you know, you prop the kid up with center block and <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that, which happens, you know, we're all, I think we're creative thinkers. Um, That's right. But, but, you know, there is like a, uh, uh, a thing, you know, there where, where it's like a little bit of a stigma there. Yeah, and now, yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. A stigma. Yeah. Dads and Billy, little- Billy owns a company for off-road vehicles, um, to do wiper blades specifically for off-road vehicles. And you have an Instagram, uh, with your badass Jeep, but you also incorporate your son in that. And what's that Instagram handle? Uh, four by fatherhood. So for by was, fatherhood. And then, so that's, I think where Billy had, had seen first connected with you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Cause I really like, I mean, the scrub blades, they're crazy. Awesome. 
And uh, I was like, Hey, just wanted to say, hi, these are awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll meet in person. And then, and then here we are. Here we are talking fatherhood now. So I want to ask you about the Instagram and, and the stories that you're capturing with your son, but I'm going to rip through a few questions first, just to kind of help people understand who I'm talking to you right now. Sure. So um, how old do you find yourself today? You know what? I turned 48, sorry, 38 uh, on the second. So I'm a fresh 38. I was like, bro, you look like a young 48, bro. 48. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Okay. So a fresh, you just carved 10 years off your life. Okay. Yeah. A fresh 38. And then where do you live with your family? We live uh, in Santa Clarita, California. So about an hour north of the, of Los Angeles. Okay. And then what do you do for a living to provide for the family? Um, I am an animator. So I work for Disney animation studios and I've, we've been, that's what brought us to California. We moved out here in 2009. Um, and I, I'm actually, I just accepted a new, a new role, which is going to take us to Vancouver very shortly. Oh, cool. So we're starting, you know, Disney's opening another studio in Vancouver. So that's been, what's been so crazy lately is trying to wrap our heads around what that means to move our family and yeah, gnarly schooling and housing and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, that's pretty, pretty rad job, man. That's, that's incredible. Um, and then you're, how many years you've been married? Oh my goodness. We've been together since two. A rough estimate is fine. <laughs> yeah. We've been together since 2006. Okay. Uh, we've been married, I think nine years now. Nice. That's awesome. And then how many kiddos? Uh, one. And then how old is your, you have one son. He's five, five yeah. years old. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. When you became a father or, you know, the first couple stages, baby toddler, what were some good resources for you? Other parents mm. <laughs> we had, you know, and not all of them, you know, I think one of the things that I learned about <laughs> as an opinion, you know, uh -huh. so we, we usually stick to parents that we like, you know, how their kids are turning out. Right. So it's, yeah, what's funny is everybody's got an opinion, but would you say the influence um, is more some advice that somebody gave you or just seeing a good example? It's definitely the example, you know? Yeah. Which is gnarly. It's like, why the hell do we all have so many opinions and feel like we need to share them with people without being asked in a lot of instances? Um, and when really like the opportunity you and I have is so much just show up for our family and, and the world around is paying attention you know? Yeah, um, that's great. And I think that is like the age we live in is everybody's able to give an opinion and feel like they need to insert their opinions everywhere. And I think, you know, it, it takes a bit of an awareness to, to know when to mm. take an advice and when to, you know, say, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep it posted. <laughs> I'll give you the blow off. Um, let's go over the best blow offs for people's advice. Um, yeah. Okay. So oh, that's you were, interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um, as their kids screaming and kicking the wall. Um, so you were 33, around 33 when you had your, had your son. So, you know, you had grown up, lived your twenties, started your thirties. Um, you'd been married four years. So you think about, okay, I, 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 lived how I lived in my twenties. I got married. I learned how to, you know, how to be married. What are some things you learned about yourself when you became a father? It's like this whole different world. What are some things you learned about yourself? 
Oh man. It's really what, what, what did you learn that you didn't know? You, you know, it's like, mm. how unprepared was I? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, actually let me go back. So in, because I, because I work on a lot of films, I, I don't, I work in movie timelines instead of dates. Ah. So when we were working on Moana, um, very beginning of that project, we were pregnant. Mm. I, I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. My wife did most of that, but I helped. <laughs> and uh, I, it was, you know, nine months went by. I, I took paternity leave and I'll never forget my last day. I was in a, in a meeting and one of the directors um, was saying, everybody look at Malcolm. This is the, you'll, he'll never be the same again. Hmm. it's never going to be the same again. And then, so I was, you know, we had a laugh and I left. All right. See you guys later. Enjoy the movie. <clears throat> and, um, that evening, uh, there was a complication in my wife's pregnancy and we ended up losing our first son. His name was uh. Cooper. And so that was this moment of like, I think you go through pregnancy and that whole process with each other and you have these expectations and you sort of build like a life in your head you know, and you have all these memories of, to some extent, they feel like memories now of what it's going to be like, all the things you'll do, you know, and then when that sort of didn't work out, it sort of sent my wife and I in kind of like this tailspin um, where we suddenly it was like, you know, what's going on? What's up? What's down? I mean, you've heard yeah. of the stages of grief and definitely every one of those presented itself in very different time periods out of order, sometimes, you know, multiple times over. But what we found is my wife and I like reconnected on this crazy level where it was like, Hmm. it was just, you know, we were just in it, you know, and, and uh, we were very, very fortunate that we had such an amazing group of friends that really showed up. uh, And we were, you know, not asking for anything, you know, it wasn't like folks were coming, wanting to come by and, you know, chit chat and see how things are going, but they were just kind of, we had like a meal train for like three months. Wow. It was amazing. And um, uh, it really kind of showed us like, man, you know, this is incredibly difficult, but look at all the support and love we're kind of being surrounded by. And it made a huge difference. And and I tell you, like, I'll never forget, you know, so I, I probably didn't, I didn't go back to work for a little bit. We, I, you know, I was like, we took time off and I, we, we went on this really great road trip. <clears throat> up, you know, you rented an RV and just drove up the coast up to the one all, all the way, <clears throat> excuse me, all the way, almost up to Vancouver, hmm. back down. And it was really great. Um, my wife is the opposite of me when it comes to most things where she is very much like, you know, um, ex- wants to experience things like face head on, hmm. face first. And, uh, you know, I'm more of like, you know, it'll go away if I just don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of went through that. It was like suddenly we were there was some tension where she was kind of grieving properly, very much facing everything. You know, she would go into the nursery all the time and kind of just hang out. She'd read. Mm. She started this nonprofit that we were doing for a little while called Cooper's Totes, which which we teamed up with another friend of a family friend of ours and would give away like bags of uh, really high quality products to kids that were just going into the foster care system because mm. they didn't have anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, we, so, you know, she was like doing this amazing job of like filtering all of these 
emotions and, and coping with everything like very much in the moment. And I was kind of more like, couldn't even go in the nursery. It was like, didn't want to talk about it ever. I was like, I was just hoping that it would just kind of go away. Yeah. And there was this really profound moment where I remember, you know, she was in there and I went in there and I was just like, I couldn't hold it up anymore, you know? And it just like shut everything shattered kind of all, it was like a wave that just hit me where it's like, Oh my God. Um, and it was like, after that, I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm not I'm still here. I actually feel better. That didn't kill me. And suddenly I was like in the nursery, I was like, I could see I was, and we were together. It was like this really great moment for that experience for me, where it's like, there was a big, very gettable moment to like yeah. something. And, um, and then near the end of Moana, we, uh, Oh, going back to work, you know, before that way before that happened, where I was able to kind of accept some of the things that I was going through, you know, I remember sitting in the parking garage and just seeing folks going in the elevator and like, I'm not, I'm not ready to get in an elevator with anybody mm. because a, they know, right. What if, what if they want to bring it up or they're not going to know what to say. So I was like, don't want to have to be awkward. Yeah. Awkward or B they don't know. And it would be even weirder. Oh. Like, so, you know, I was like, had a bunch of, and I had several of those. I had one where, you know, a guy came out and was like, Hey, we're, you've been on vacation. How's vacation? You, I guess you've been on vacation. And I was like, ah, it was great. Yeah. I wish, you know, leave. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. The, the person that he was, that person was with knew. So he was trying to like, you know, <laughs> you yeah. cause you know, it's like big, this big stuff, man. Yeah. Nobody Heavy. really knows what to say. And, and the truth is like, there's nothing really to say that, you know, really all you need. And this is, you know, we're talking about unsolicited advice, not being great, but I'll give you some, uh, you know, I think all you, all you got to do is show up somehow. You don't have to have any answers or solutions or no yeah. stories. It's like, you know, I, I, I know what you're going through, you know, just kind of say, Hey, I, this is tough, but you know, I'm here if you need anything or what can I do right now? What, what's going to help you? Um, or just send a text thinking about you. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And a tiny bottle of Tabasco sauce, which is what a good friend of mine did. And that, that little Tabasco sauce, that means so something different nowadays whenever I see that. And like, you know, your continental breakfast at a hotel, that little Tabasco sauce means a lot more to me now. But uh, so anyway, we kind of experienced this really big, like turnover in our life. Uh, going back to work, I see, see and felt about people differently. I yeah. Folks differently. I think better. Uh, I wasn't, hmm. I was a lot more selfless, I think, going back. Um, it definitely changed a lot of things. That was definitely the biggest turning point in my life. Um, wow! And then at the end of the project, we found out we were pregnant with Castro. Mm. So the thing about having a, a child after a um, loss is they call it a rainbow baby. <clears throat> so Castro has been our rainbow baby, but it's just, you know, and I think everything that I felt that I missed out on in that first with Cooper, you know, it's like, man, I hung on to all that. And I'm like dumping it onto Casper, however I can. And it just gave us a lot, a lot different of a perspective on things, you know, Yes, man, that's huge. That's huge. I, and I really appreciate you sharing that. You know, I didn't know that story before we met and that's, um, it's pretty real raw. I know, I know the time has passed, but the perspective that it gave you, you know, coming into fatherhood, but something I, I, I want to just go back on because I, I really find it profound, you know, marriage 
is so important to me. I think marriage is one of the most amazing, most difficult things in our, in our world. Um, and this gnarly, you don't have words for grief field moment. Um, you, you know, you, you said that you connected on this crazy level with your wife and it brought you closer and, and you did share some, you know, that there's this, I guess the question is, is, is there anything there that either you had invested in that relationship prior to this moment or in this moment that helped this really awful thing that happened, allow you to come together and not separate? Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot, you know, some, a lot of folks will go through something and it's, um, everybody handles stuff differently. Yeah. Sometimes that can contradict the relationship in a way that's, you know, if you, if you, if you're not able to identify it could maybe, you know, cause a rift or cause some resentment or something like that. And that's, that stuff can kind of eat away at you. Um, you know, I can't explain. I think we just had, we just kind of had each other's backs, you know, Mm. I, I think, you know, one of the things I did notice and it was, it was very interesting is like, my hard, my hard moments were usually in the morning and then her moments were usually at night. So mm. I feel like we were able to sort of balance each other a little bit like that. You know, I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of theory of what that means, but, <laughs> but it was, just, it just kind of worked out, you know, and it was like, we sort of just kind of put our baggage aside when for the other one, whenever they were kind of mm-hmm. feeling it and then vice versa. I mean, yeah, it was big. I, I remember thinking, and this is crazy, but I was all in on this idea that I would never laugh again. I was like, there's no reason for me to ever be happy. Right. This is, this is our new fate forever. And that was like such a, I, I remember believing that hundred percent. Like, Well, laughter's out, mm. <laughs> you know, but it but, shows that, I mean, it shows the space you're in because even now, you know, to share it and someone's listening, it's like, we, we think how I I can't even imagine going through that. But, but when you're in it, there's this grace, there's this, this, you know, you guys showed up for each other. And and I just think it's really important for people to hear two things is because, and I hope that most people don't have to go through something so heavy, but there's two things you said that I think if people, husbands and wives, especially would realize these two things. I think that marriages wouldn't be as messy, you know, or, you know, hurt us as much as they can, but you said we had each other's backs. Right. And it's like, when I think about me and my wife, do we have each other's backs all the time? And then when you're, when you were in a good moment, you set your, or when she was in a bad moment, you set your baggage aside. When you were in a bad moment, she set her baggage aside. The reality is life is messy. We all have baggage, but are we willing to set our stuff aside to show up for somebody else? Um, and so those two things you shared are really powerful. If I could take those into my marriage and I think if other people could take it into theirs, I think we'd have a lot more success. Yeah, it's hard. And sometimes you don't know that you're not setting your stuff aside when you should, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that there's many who need to hear that. Um, yeah. and, and who know that you can laugh again, you yeah. know, that, that maybe there's a season you don't, but, but you can laugh again. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, I, I, I use this analogy for many things, but it's like, if you imagine a balloon and you're kind of keeping the balloon from hitting the ground, that's kind of what you got to do with a lot of stuff. You're just Mm. trying to keep the balloon off the ground. And, um, 
same thing with grief or like big loss or, you know, you don't want to, for anybody that's going through something, you know, it's really, you, you got to put in the work. And I think that's where a lot of folks get tripped up as they try to like keep from putting in the work. And uh, it, the truth is that it keeps going, you know, like, you know, even today I was like, almost didn't mention Cooper. And, and that's something that I struggle with. Keely's really good. We'll be in a grocery store and we'll have Casper with us and a lady will come up and go, Hey, is this your only son? You know, and I'm, my immediate reaction is like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See ya. You know, and, and my wife's the opposite. She's like, Nope, we have one in the stars and one here. Mm. And I'm like, Ugh, I really have a hard time with that. Um, and you just kind of keep, you, you keep working on it. Like every, every year we try to do something to like kind of celebrate him. Mm. And like, I, even me, like our parenting styles are very different. I think they complement each other in a lot of ways, but I'm like, early on, I'm like, don't tell Casper about, you know, Cooper, you know, oh. he doesn't, he's too young to really comprehend that. I don't want, I don't want that to like get in his head and be afraid of dying or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But Keely was immediately like, this is your, you know, you have a brother and he's in the stars and all this. And it's been this amazing thing that hmm. you know, it's been amazing to kind of see how, how, he, how perceptive he's been. And so we've got these little crystals around the house that when the sun hits them, they make little rainbows all over the mm. house. So Castro will be like, it's my brother, it's my brother. You know, and I'm like, man, that's a lot. You don't realize how how well you're taking this information and, yeah. and how hopefully resilient that makes him and understanding that, you know. But, and open, yeah, and open to and just, open. yeah, to life. Yeah, man, you know, I know, um, I, I know how uh, men are very we're just closed off a lot, you know? And so for you to share all of that is just really meaningful to me. And, and I know will be meaningful to many men down the road who, who find themselves and they're able to share, you know, share this, uh, as they might be going through something. When you think about fatherhood and, and your perspective, right. Is a little bit different than, than most fathers. Cause you stepped into this, this role with, with just, uh, a, probably a deeper awareness and a deeper longing for what it would mean to be a father. But what do you think the role of the father is? I mean, really, I, I was, that's a true, I kept trying to answer it like very specifically, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's about making sure that you're setting an exam. No, it's about, and I, and I think at the end of the day, you're trying to raise your son or daughter, or however many children you have to the best of your ability right and you're trying to be present and you're trying to just make sure that they've got everything they need you know and and um i think especially nowadays with there's so much that can pull your attention from that yeah like i'm always trying to battle like you know you're tired yeah but you know put that aside try to get in there and play because I, I remember this, sorry, I'm veering away from the question slightly. See, I'll take your question. I'll make it a different question. <laughs> do it, do it. <clears throat> you know, I think there's, um, I remember this feeling of like, yeah, I'm excited to be a, a father because we're going to do all these things. And, you know, we'll go, we'll go to the poppy fields and we'll, you know, we'll go out, we'll rent boats and go out on the boats and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, you, you realize very quickly how little time you have, mm. right? Like we've been to the poppy fields twice, two times, you know, and before, whenever I'm envisioning everything, I'm thinking like, we got all this time, we got years of memories to make. And then a year goes by so quick, especially because a lot of folks are working and, you know, we got, and then you got school and preschool and all that stuff. 
so how many weekends are there a year, you know, and how many, like, so man, it goes by quick. So, so for me, I started to get kind of paranoid. Like, I don't have much, Hmm. you know, I got to get on this. And like myself, my, my father passed away in 2005 and I feel like I still had a ton to learn, you know, from him. And so part of that, you know, is very specific to me where now, like, there is a part of me that's like, man, I, I got to get it all on paper. You know, I get, you know, hypothetically, mm. philosophically, I, I need to try to get everything out because I don't want him to, I don't want to miss out on something because I, you never know what's going to happen. So for me, part of it is like kind of a mad dash to get all the, all the great memories out before something happens to me. Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 On one hand, you could hear that and, and go, oh man, like that's a, you're always nervous running around, but that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing more. It's like you want to make the most of the time that you have. And you're aware that time is precious, you know, especially with, I mean, just the two big, big life changes you shared. I mean, 2005, uh, I mean, wouldn't that be like almost tail end of high school for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, yes. like second year out. Okay. Yeah. So, so just out of high school, you know, your, your, your dad passes and then, and then when you have your first, you know, your first moment of, of being a father yourself, then, then a big change there that you weren't expecting. So I think your perception of the time you have being limited, it's more about being present in that time, which sounds like, and, and based on the little bit, I know, I mean, that's what you're trying to do with your time. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's like, um, yeah, just trying to maximize on every moment, I guess. But yeah, it's and it's hard, but you know, the question was, what's the role of the father? And I think sometimes we want to distill it down, like you said. Well, the role of father is to, is to wait. Oh, is to that? No, it's also to that, and and to be present, right? To be present in the time that you have, um, because there isn't going to be that. Like every Sunday morning, we were at the poppy field. Right. Like that's yeah. what I thought it was going to be all like these amazing things every weekend. You know, like reality yeah. is most weekends we're, you know, on the couch or, you know, it's not like you get to spend all of your days creating these amazing moments. Yeah. And but I you're... think that's actually useful too. This is where I am. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all good. Okay. My next question. Now this podcast is fatherhood field notes and you're already, I mean, to such an amazing level opening up your field notes to share your fatherhood wisdom and your life with us. But the theme behind this is rebel and create. Okay. And it could be something small, like I'm rebelling against being on my cell phone after five 30 so that I can create memories and moments with my being present with my family, or I'm rebelling against, you know, what the world says masculinity is and creating whatever that might be. So when you hear that rebel and create, what's something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Yeah, that's really great. That's a really great, I don't know what it, what it is. Like question, idea, idea yeah. theme. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if we get to something here. Um, for me, I guess the rebelling is, on like passive fatherhood. Mm. So I'm trying to have an active relationship with Casper. Ideally in a selfish, honestly, it's maybe it's selfish. I'm, I would love for when Casper is a dad for him to say, my dad used to do this. And, you know, 
like kind of carry that through because that's what I experienced. And I'm like trying to take everything that my dad, you know, gave me and try to pass that along. So, you know, there, that, that might be part of it. It's like I'm rebelling against passive fatherhood, you know, and trying to create uh, a really fulfilled, you know, experience for him where he feels like, you know, we we did all of these really cool trips and adventures and we always found time to, you know, create these memories and and really gave, gave me tools in which I could pass along. Hmm. I hope you know the the ideal situation would be everything I did is perfect so he wants to replicate that you know that's the ideal it's not going to happen you know I'm, I've done I've made plenty of mistakes and we're all kind of just sort of learning as we go in a lot of ways it's like on the job learning <laughs> yeah no doubt about that it's on the job learning but you know based on what you said before um you know, it's like we have all these kind of ambitions that we're going to do these things, but at the end of it, you know, it's really about our children. It sounds like you're saying for him to be able to say, my dad was there for me, because it sounds like you can say that about your dad, that your dad was there for you. Yeah, totally. And, and that means something, but what's crazy is we act like that doesn't really mean something in our world, but at our core, at our heart, you and I are fathers and we feel like we got something from our fathers and we want to pass something to our children. And what we're realizing is it's not necessarily the, you know, I mean, my dad talked about a canoe camping trip in Canada, my entire childhood life. And then we went on that 10 day, seven day trip, my brother, my mom and dad and I, the four of us, that was one week out of like my 18 years of living there. And I mean, we did other things, sure. but I'm not thinking about that week as my dad was there for me. It's like this whole other, it's like he, you know, I saw him in the morning. I saw him go to work. I saw him, you know, he was there. Yeah. Um, and that created some stability for me, which, you know, sounds like for you too, kind of sets you and I up to create that same thing for our kids. Yeah. And a whole nother, you know, maybe there's like a part two, but like for us, um, you know, I, I work a lot. Uh, our films usually tend to release in November. Mm. That means most summers we're working really late mm. trying to get hit the deadline for our films. And so, you know, up until 2020, my summers were booked. So I would, you know, when he was an infant, you know, at the, at the heat of production, I'd leave, you know, I'd say, all right, see you later. I'd leave work around nine or something like that. Get in, you know, it was a loose schedule. We're all, we're artists. So, <laughs> and then, but then we'd work late, you know, we, we, you know, do a lot of overtime. And so I, by the time I get home, he's already asleep. So mm. I get like, you know, what, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. On the weekends, obviously it's sometimes, you know, we work a couple Saturdays, which is no big deal, but it, it adds up, you know? So in 2020, we were starting production on Ryan, the last dragon. And we were just about to get going into production. And that's when everybody got sent home for mm. the pandemic. And we had to reimagine how we function as a studio. Cause we're all like, I, we made the movie from here. Like this was my, this is Disney animation for Ryan, the last dragon and in console. Um, that's rad for me, but this like wild thing happened that nobody anticipated where suddenly everybody's kids were involved in making the movie. Like, 
Casper would come in. He, you know, that's why there's toys everywhere behind me. He would come in and kind of play and we'd hang out. But suddenly I saw, I had every breakfast, lunch, and dinner with him for the past mm. two years. You know, I saw him, I drop him off to school every morning. And then I do my first meeting in the car on the way back. So suddenly it was like, man, this is actually really great for families. Um, and now, you know, things are starting to open up again. And a lot of studios have heard, you know, from their employees, like, hey, you know, a lot of us really like this. And, and what does that look like if we work remote? You know, and, and so now studio, you see studios starting to offer that. You know, oh, so they're, so they're responding well to it. Yeah, I think the flexibility really helps morale. Because for the longest time, the, a lot of the conversation was centered around work-life balance. You know, trying to make sure you're not overworked and you're still having a life outside of work. And how can we support that? And then, you know, the pandemic happened and forced the issue in a kind of a severe way. Uh, and people kind of figured it out. Yeah. You know, like, you know. And suddenly, you know, now it's sort of opened up this whole new way of thinking about the workspace where it's maybe it's part-time in the building, part-time from home. Some studios are doing full-time remote. So you can not only, you know, work um, at your house, but you can potentially live anywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so which is that, pretty that was a really big like side effect, but yes, you know, so all of our families and, you know, everybody's dogs and cats and neighbors and gardeners and everything got to be a part of the the film, which is really cool. But it was such a really like profound experience where suddenly I was able to totally be present for the, you know, mm. for a pretty major, you know, um, development years for his, his life. And so that was like, this is really good. That's important, I think, for people to hear when they have that option. You know, companies are being more flexible now. So how can you use that flexibility to really be more present as a dad? Now, I know we only have a couple more minutes, so I'm just going to ask you a couple questions as we wrap up here. And the one question is, is I would love for dudes to go check out your Instagram um, of you and your son and your rad Jeep. Um, what got you started with that? Why did you do it where it was you and your son? Like maybe just share a little bit about what that's about. And then I'll ask you my final question. Yeah, so the um, Instagram page initially was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to create like a brand? Like I was like, I'll make like a four four wheeling fatherhood brand. It seems like there's a market for that. And so I was like getting into that a little bit, and then very quickly I realized like this is going to be an amazing way to document like a lot of our adventures and mm. and it, so it sort of fell out of that. And I, I sort of like. You know, I, I very much actively don't try to make it a brand like uh, a lot of folks get really invested in trying to get, you know, the word out there and tagging everybody and hashtags and all that stuff. So, so I kind of go the opposite way these days where I'm just like, I'm at it. I just want this to be there. And it's really for us. Hmm. And uh, there's there's plenty of very recognized folks on Instagram. You know, I, I don't feel like I necessarily need to be that person. But what it what it, what has been really cool about it is we've been able to share a lot of the you know things we've done and stuff that we like to play with, like the the Jeep and you know, we've got an old truck and stuff like that. And it's a way of I think documenting a lot of our great experiences together. Um and if you like if you were to go back to like the first image on that channel, it's it's Casper. He's probably like six months old or something like that. So you can like you can like scroll through our you know, a lot of our life together through that. And, and I think that's been the big thing that I've loved about it. You know, it's really 
just been a, a diary of hmm. the two of us kind of playing with this Jeep and going on kind of doing some traveling in it. And we've got a really great group of fellow off-road enthusiasts that we go with. They're also, you know, family folks. Um, so we're all taking our kids out and stuff like that. And, and I think there's probably room to kind of shed more light on that. Like what it's like to go like do the Rubicon trail with a four-year-old, you know, I, I definitely have perspective on that. Um, and before that, like trying to figure out like, can, can you even bring a four-year-old on the Rubicon trail (laughs) off-road rock crawling extravaganza and in it, you can, and it was a lot of fun. He loved it. Um, oddly enough, he slept through most of it. (laughs) You would think you'd get woken up, but yeah, I stuffed some teddy bears in his head in the car seat and laid him back down and he just kind of slept through most of the day, but it was super fun. And we felt like we really accomplished you know, something together with that, you know, kind of showed how resilient he was. Yeah. I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, five years old. So if I I just went and did some quick math on there, so he's five years old, he's lived about 1900 days roughly, and there's 570 posts. So I know that, you know, not every single one of those posts necessarily means you were out, but most of those pictures is a, is him doing something with you. A lot of you and him laughing together. And that's about, you know, a quarter, a quarter of his life out adventuring with his dad. When he sees that Jeep or you say, Hey, we're going out in the Jeep this weekend. Like, I mean, I was just looking at a picture of the two of you just like laughing in some camping chairs together. Yeah. Uh, just like dude. And he's five. It's not like, Hey, when you're 12, we're going to go to the Rubicon together. You know, yeah. it's like a year three and a half or four. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go knock this baby out. And you know what? He might not remember that trip, but those all of those moments are shaping who he's becoming. Yeah. So I just last two questions is how does he respond when you say, Hey, we're going to go out in the Jeep. Uh, he's usually the one to ask. Ah, he's yeah. like, can we go? That's time. We, with Dad. We, go get, we just get a new tent. He's like, we got to go try out the new tent. I'm like, I know we got to get, we got to set that up. <laughs> uh, dude. Up. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay. Last question. Legacy question. Say your son's, uh, he, he's five years old now, 30 years from now, he'll be 35, roughly your age. If you were to peer into his home, um, what would you see in the way that he's living, operating his life? And you'd say, oh man, that's based on me day in, day out showing up for him. Like, what would you see in his home legacy question? How would he be living? Um, I think he'd probably be in the playroom. You know, um, I think he'd probably be doing bedtime and dropping, making sure to drop him off at school. I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking about like, like, I I feel like I stare at him a lot. You know, you ever do that? I'm Mm -hmm. just like every night I'm just kind of like, okay, let me try and like do a scan (laughs) and save it, you know, but it's like every night I stare at him and try to remember, you know, what, when it's like, okay, let me look at his ear. Okay. It's, you know, he's this size, you know, this is what he looks like. And every night I do that, but you know, it doesn't necessarily stick like that. Like I generally remember everything, but, but it's like, I'm trying so hard to kind of capture everything, you know, that, that I feel like that's got to stick with him. Like the idea of just mm. wanting to be there and kind of, you know, I don't know, soak it all in, 
you know? Beautiful. So he would be engaged with his own family, doing that with his own kids, replicating the way that you've shown up for him. He'd be showing up for his kids. Yeah, I think Mm. so. I feel like, you know, he'd probably like, I don't know if they do like the opposite, you know, like maybe I overdo all the off-roading. He's like, let's, let's get a boat. (laughs) It'll be be something that's like his thing that I feel like he's going to have learned from this experience with Mm. both my wife and myself of just like, taking time to go out and do something, you know, rent a hotel for the weekend and kind of cruise down, you know, to the beach, just try to get away because the, the time goes by so quick and you can get into the routine, you know, just like a week goes by like so fast. And I found that if, if you're not kind of on top of it and try to like really put in the work to try to plan stuff, you, you kind of just forget to do it and, and mm. you might do it, but you probably maybe will do a quarter of as much as you might if you were a little bit more aware of it. So I'm hoping he, that's what he remembers. He's like, yeah, we should do stuff. We used to, I remember like, you know, at least once a month we try to have some sort of experience. Yes. It doesn't have to be huge. Like when he was a lot, last story, I guess, but when, when he was like, um, like year one or something. I And this is when I was still working. My wife's a huge bingo fanatic for any, you know, I think it's hilarious. She infiltrated this like bingo club of all of these elderly ladies. And <laughs> she sort of like runs the place. But so every Thursday was like bingo night for mom. That was like her outing. Yeah. So I made that like, okay, every, we're going to do an adventure every Thursday. And uh... we have a lot of stuff around us. So it's not like we have to go very far, but we would take the Jeep and we just go to like, out in the woods and we'd set up the hammock and just hang out, you know? So we did that like every Thursday, probably for maybe three months or something like that. And then, you know, things changed a little bit and became less ideal to do that. But, you know, it's like, I hope that all of those things, all of those mm-hmm. feel normal for him so that when he enters into fatherhood, that's like all he expects, you know, and then he can build on top of that. So he can add more to that experience. Oh, Malkin, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being open. Thank you for the way you're showing up for your son. You know, I think that it's so valuable for future generations. You know, if there's all these dads collectively showing up for the sons, their sons and daughters, the way you are, the, we will just make the world a better place. So keep being yourself, keep showing up the way that you do. I love your perspective on fatherhood and marriage and life and just look forward to seeing more adventures with you and your son. Thanks, man. Let's do this again. Awesome. Talk to you next time. Wow. What an incredible conversation. I so enjoyed talking fatherhood with Malkin. It was so amazing how he shared the story of his first child. If you know someone who is really hurting from loss, I just suggest pass this along to them. Sometimes just knowing that you're not alone is so powerful and really important in the healing process. If you haven't already, please take five minutes and spend $20 on the adventure of fatherhood. If you haven't done so already, please take five minutes and spend $20 on the adventure of fatherhood book and share this with somebody. My goal is to help fathers see who they are and connect them with their kiddos. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. 
This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you have any questions about fatherhood, something you'd like to talk about, shoot me an email, ned at rebelandcreate.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and write a quick review if you enjoyed the show. Thanks, and I look forward to hanging out with you next time.